Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Tim Twell. I'm the Connect Pastor. Uh, for those that you do that do know me, you're like, oh no, he's preaching today. Uh, Aaron is not here today because he is preaching at Legacy Church. Legacy Church is one of the congregations that we partner with. Uh, it's a church in Canal Winchester that is planting. We financially support. Uh, we are a financial supporter of Legacy Church. And today is the opportunity for us to physically support Legacy Church by Aaron going over there to, to preach for them. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome to be connected with uh, a family of, of church plants that, that we understand that this is not the only place that God is working. This is not the only place that we get to participate with God working, that even though we are planting a church here, we planted a church here, that, that we still get to plant, participate with other church plants. So... Uh, He's preaching right now. I might be preaching at migraines this morning. So if you, know, you start getting bored with me, just be praying for him and, uh, and that, that he gets through it pretty well. This morning, we are continuing on with our summer concert series. And, and we are looking at the, the theme of this Kings of Leon tomb. Um, it's probably one of the only Kings of Leon tomb I'm sort of familiar with. And it's, it's you, somebody. And, and, and the main line is, uh, was that, can, can you use somebody? Can you use somebody like me? Can you use somebody like me? And, and that's something that, that, we, that we probably wrestle with in, in our spiritual life and, and our personal life. Who here likes being youthful? What, is, what do you think about? What, what, what are the emotional connections when, when you think about being youthful? Oh, I forgot. For those of you who don't know me, um, I ask questions. <laughs> I ask questions. I don't ask rhetorical questions. I ask questions for you to actually spit back answers. So so when there's questions that get thrown out there, feel totally comfortable or feel totally uncomfortable in, in sharing what you want to share. It's it's all good. This is a safe place. So what are, what are the kind of the emotional connections that you have with being useful? Feeling needed. Feeling needed. Feeling valued, helping out. There's a it feels good, doesn't it? You know when it, when you know that you're being useful it, it feels good. And it's kind of like uh, ingrained in us at a, at a pretty pretty young age. I've got a 22 month old foster kid right now, and he rides along in the shopping cart. And, and when I've got all the groceries in the bag, I put in the car. He's reaching back and trying to hand me bags. He's not useful at all. But <laughs> but inside, you know, there's there's a there's a part of him that wants to be useful, and and, and we're like that too. We 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 feel valued when we're useful, and we value other people that are useful. <laughs> Let's go to the other extreme. How about being useless? I, I heard noises. I heard. What's, what's the emotional response to being useless? Not doing anything. Yeah, not doing anything. Empty, say emptiness. Emptiness. Not wanted. Not wanted. It's, it's, uh, it's depressing, isn't it? If you want to crush somebody, what's, what's worse than saying, you know, you're just useless? How many people have heard that in the last 
you're just you're just useless. How long does it take to recover from that? Never. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You start planting those seeds in a kid, and they just carry on. So, so you, you have this, this emotional connection of being useful, which feels awesome, and then feeling useless, it's just like a, it's a crashing down. Let's do one other perspective. What does it feel like to be used? Hurtful? What do you think about being used? I say that, that in that kind of tone. Does it feel good? Feel taken advantage of, abused. That uh, that that somebody's somebody's taking advantage of you. Feels good to be use, useful. Feels horribly useless. It makes you kind of angry to be used. Those are all those are all emotional connections to our value. They're all value statements, right? That if I'm useful, I'm valued. If I'm useless, I'm not valued. And and if I'm being used, I feel not valued as well, that you know, there's some value in me, but it's kind of taken advantage of. Um, I think from a, from a spiritual perspective, from a God perspective, we can kind of wrestle with that as well. That when it comes to how we live for God or how God is going to use us, who feels useful in, in the way that God wants to use you? Anybody feel useful? Anybody feel useless? Sometimes. You ever feel like you're being used? That's a tough one. God wants to use you, and we're gonna we're gonna look at that a little bit. But but our our uh, how we value ourselves and how we can put our value on others can be based off of like a commodification of self or a commodification of persons that we see each other as a commodity. Commodity is something or someone that has value. In the dictionary, it was something or someone that has value, and and we can walk that way. We can dictate how. That can dictate how it is that we walk, how it is that we are emotionally connected, um, how it is that we serve, or what it is that we do or don't do. Um, it's it's a really tough place, and we can pass that on to God too. That we can think that well, you know, if I look at myself as being useless, well, God might look at me as being useless too. Or if I look at this person, I'm not pointing at anybody in particular. If I look at this person as being useless, well, God might think he's useless too. Or this person's really useful. God must think he's, he's, he's awesome, he's really useful, and, and I just can't stack up. There's, there's a lot of emotional sway in, in, in what we think our value is based upon, and what we can transfer that to what God thinks our value is, too. But we're going to be looking at some scripture that shows that that's just not how God looks at us. We're going to look at a huge section of scripture today. If you could pop it up there. There it is. Ephesians 2.10. If you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, raise your hand and somebody will get you a Bible. Anybody need a Bible? We're gonna have, if you don't have a Bible on you right now, we are just going to be looking at the verses up here. We're going to look at a couple other verses, but these are the ones that we're going to primarily stick out of. Now, I'm going to read these verses out loud and I'm going to read it out of a couple of different translations because there's some, some word changes that are just kind of fascinating and, and kind of fun to deal with. Um, once I figure out how to pull it up. Okay. So the NIV version right here first. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. It's an interesting word. Now we'll go to the New Life, New Life, uh, the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 
with some interesting words. We're going to look at those in a little bit. But let's just get some 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 quick background. Does it? Do we know who's writing writing this letter? This is uh, the letter of Ephesians. Who's writing this letter? Paul's writing this letter. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. But know that this letter was not just for the church at Ephesus. That these letters bounced around to to the different churches. He wrote it. It was meant to be read aloud, read aloud to that church, and then it goes on to the next church. That most of Paul's letters were meant to bounce around. That they were not just for the church at Ephesus. They were for the church at Thessalonica. Why did I pick that one? Because I have a hard time saying it. Um, the church at Philippi. Philippi. <laughs> and guess what? It was meant for the church at Simple Church as well. That this, this letter was written to us. And, and we can feel confident in knowing that this letter is written to us. Now, in these verses, if he's writing to the church, if he's writing to the believers, there's, there's a word up there that describes the believers. What's the word up there? Any work? Do you remember what the other one, the New Living Translation, what the word was? This masterpiece. Who wakes up in the morning, gets out of bed, stands in the mirror, and says... <laughs> I am a masterpiece. Does anybody think that? Yeah? Well, you're a piece of work, dude. I'm standing here, so I'm preaching to you guys, and I got this mirror right in the back. Like, oh, jeez. I'm just going to stand over here, and then I'm going to look at myself. He's calling us a masterpiece. He's calling us a handiwork. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way for the same reasons that we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I, I sometimes feel useful, but I often, more often than not, feel useless. Whether it be my, my background, you know, what I've done in the past, heck, it could be just what I've done this morning. I don't have to go back very far to think, God just must look at me like I'm nothing. But the way that I interacted with my kids this morning, you know, God's just probably looking at me, you know, today, you are just you're just useless to me. That if, that if you were more useful, if you were acting better, then I would consider you to be my masterpiece. But right now you're not my masterpiece. You're just kind of kind of useless. Does anybody struggle with kind of issues like that? Things that you're that you've done, that you're doing, that 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 just kind of weigh on you and make you think that oh, you know, how how can God look at me at like anything? Anything better than the the drudge that I am. If I look at these verses, if I look at these verses, it says, we are God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. But I don't, I don't feel that way. How, how is it that he looks at me that way? Question. Pull up. We're going to look at uh, the verses prior. I don't normally bust out a whole bunch of the verses, but if you could pull up Ephesians 2, 1 through 8. We have to have a perspective of who we are. My perspective of who I am is tainted by the world, by, by my understanding, by my issues. Um, but but there's, there's clarity in here. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 8. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Who feels like that kind of like right now? I still kind of wallow in some of that stuff. I ashamedly, clearly, still wallow in some of that stuff. And, and so, so I kind of see my value, my perspective of how God looks at me is that from there. But it doesn't stop there. That's who we were. Verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we are dead in transgressions. It is, great, it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Well, that sounds, a lot, that sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? Once, you were dead. It's for you, you were dead. But now you are alive. Now you are alive. I just, those, those, those verses ring in my ear, especially in the days where I think I'm just like completely and utterly useless. Look, this is who I used to be. This is how God that's just how it used to be. This is how God saw me. God saw me as dead. He saw me as, as dead and useless. And yet, through his grace, he made me alive. He sees me differently now. He sees me as his masterpiece. He has placed me in Christ Jesus, and he sees my life through the lens of, of Jesus. I still struggle with all those things in the first three verses. And when we come to Christ, it's not like, bam, you are perfect and everything is better. God sees us as perfect and he is transforming our lives more and more into the likeness of Christ that we will see fully realized when we are once again with him. Right now, even though I struggle, and seeing me how I am. God sees me through the lens of Christ. He sees me as his masterwork. He sees me as his, his masterpiece, as his handiwork. You can pop back to, back to, to verse 10. And this is uh, freakishly encouraging. It's freakishly encouraging. Because, like I said, we can wallow in our depression and in our, our failures and totally lose track of what it is that God is seeing, what he is doing, where he is sending us. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. I can just let you just like look at those. Look at those. Hang on those. It is it is a beautiful thing. Now how did we get there? We, it's through Christ Jesus, but do we rest in that? Or do we sometimes respond in a way that we think we're going to earn that or pay that back? Is that a possibility? That some of the things that we do and how it is that we live are, are actually kind of like a, a response of, thank you, God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn it, or I'm, I'm going to pay you back for it. That, that some of the things that we do, some of the ways that we walk, some of the the services that we that we participate in are, are not necessarily for his glory, but so that we can say, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did. Look what I'm doing. 
this is going to be some brownie points, right? This is going to kind of like pay back what it is that Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And that, and that can be a tough walk. That can, be a, that can be a depressing walk if you think that that's what you need to do and you're not able to do it and then you just kind of like get beat down. It's like, you know, I know God did this and now I'm just not living up to what it is that he wants from me and I can't pay him back. I can't pay him back. Like, no, 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 you can't pay him back. And then it can be a pride thing on the other perspective where look at all these good things that I'm doing. I'm paying God back. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and and you know he's just he's just loving me. You know he's 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 just gonna I'm gonna show him that I'm his masterpiece. I'm gonna make myself his masterpiece. And kind of like kind of like take it away from him. Try to take it away from him. I can't make myself a masterpiece just as much as I can't make myself not his masterpiece. He made it. How do I know this? It's verse verse eight. How about verse 8? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Another big step of relief there. Sometimes when we come to Christ, we see all these things that we're supposed to be doing, and we can be overwhelmed because we think that we need to be doing all of it. We need to become this masterpiece, to do these massive things for Christ, and and it just totally crushes us. And we think we have to strive to, to earn this, this beauty that he's, he's bestowed upon us. When in reality, it's, it's been bestowed upon us. It's been, given that, it's been given to us. He sees us as that. We are freely, completely, and totally his masterpiece through his work alone. Nothing that we can do. So, so here's where you want to say, okay, stop preaching. I'm his masterpiece. Yes, let's go home. Let's go home. I don't have to do anything. I don't want to have to do anything. And, he, and here's where we have to have a right perspective of, of what's going on here. So I'm moving faster through these first couple of verses, and, and then the next is probably just going to be a slight ramble, but also some questions. And you'll get to participate in it. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, well, wrong verse, sorry. Go back to uh, 10. It's like, wow, I know this one. This isn't one I'm supposed to be speaking on. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ, Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. To do good works. We are masterpieces designed to do good works. He wants to use us. He wants to use us. Now at Simple Church here, we have uh, we have cool opportunities when we have missionaries come in to come up here and speak. And we've we've heard them all. You know, last was it last week we had the the missionary to France. France, yeah, we might do that. Um, but we've had people from to France, to Uganda, to the Middle East. We have these these masterpieces, these these people that, that can be seen as the you know, God made them extra special. And he made them really beautiful, and he's got something really big for him. And, and he does. He's got something really big for me. That's prayerfully not what he's going to call me to do. <laughs> to go to Africa or, or Asia. I like Reynoldsburg. Um, <laughs> but we can, we can see that as being, you know, this is, this is who he's talking about. 
you know, these are the people he's talking about. When it comes to church planners, you know, the, the church planner at Legacy, uh, Aaron here at Simple Church and their, and their leadership team. Um, there's a church planning out in Newark in, in a couple of weeks that, that these men are God's masterpiece and he's given them some amazing works to do. And they are. And they are. Um, and, and you could probably pick out other scenarios too. Who, who, who can live up to being a missionary to Uganda? Who desires that? Who wants that? Who thinks they're called to that? No hands. Who here thinks they're called to plant a church? Lead a church? Go through the, the, the lovely joys of church land? Not a hand here. But you're all called to something. And what we need to do is understand that the calling to the works that God has that's prepared in advance for us to do does not necessarily have to be these big what we humanly perceive as glamorous or exciting opportunities for God to work through. That God has God has got stuff for you here, even though you're not called to go to another country. Now, amazingly, surprisingly, some of you might be called to go to another country. Some of you might be called to plant a church. Some of you might be called to start up a homeless ministry downtown. Some of you might be called to, to do some, some fairly radical things. But understand that there's so much other stuff that God has called people to do to see all of that play out in any kind of way. That he's called you. He's called you to do that. We are God's hand. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has, has provided us with so many opportunities to participate in his will and to enjoy some of his pleasure in seeing his will played out. Does that make sense? That, that God takes pleasure in his will playing out. And he gives us the opportunity to participate in his pleasure. This, this, uh, a couple weekends ago, I had the opportunity to participate in a, in a conference. Um, it was a fascinating conference. It was, it was a conference that was focused on uh, how it is that you plant churches among lost people. You have a group of lost people plant a church. It's your whole group of lost people saved. And then they plant another church. They would never come here. But it's just like this way interesting uh, church planting concept. Well, one of the things that they suggested to do as a disciple of Christ was to write down 30 names, 30, 30 Christians that you know that would uh, take a phone call, uh, would call you back, would respond to an email, respond to a text, 30 people that you, could, that you could connect with. And each one of those people is a day of the month. And on that day of the month, so on, on the 9th, you call this person and you ask them one simple question, what can I pray for you for? That's it. You know, and, and I and I did that, and there were people in here that were recipients of of that phone call, and I was calling people from Simple Church, outside of Simple Church, outside of Ohio, and I was stunned of of the nine phone calls that I've made this this past nine days or eight days, whatever it was. Um, more often than not, the response on the other side was, "This is what I need. I can't believe that you called me today." 
this is exactly what I need. I'm so glad you called. This is what you can pray for me for. This is what you can pray for me for. And, and most of the conversations didn't last more than 10 minutes. They didn't last more than 10 minutes. And I had the opportunity to pray for this person on the phone. And, and I experienced God's pleasure in that. That he had, he had equipped me with the opportunity to do a work. It wasn't go to Uganda. It was call somebody in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. It, it wasn't to preach a sermon. It was to just talk to somebody in and, and I got to experience God's pleasure in that. Because I was doing what he was that he, he had asked me to do. It wasn't anything freakish. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a monstrous step. It was just a, a purposeful, intentional movement to, to give a call and pray. And they, they responded with relief. I had, I had my boy sitting next to me through one of the prayer phone calls, and, and I was talking to him afterwards. I said, you know, this is what we did. It only lasted 10 minutes, and, you know, I feel good, and we're walking below. I said, I feel good, and he feels good, and this guy walking by me goes, and I feel good. I said, yes, we all feel good. We all feel good because of a 10-minute commitment that I made. To, to be a blessing, to serve, to, to love somebody else. We, have, we all have those opportunities. Uh, are, are there opportunities that you've had this past week that you would be willing to share um, where you were a blessing, where you experienced God's pleasure in service and, and following through in a work that he provided for you? I'm going to go take a sip. It'll be a little quiet moment. And feel free to belt out something if you can think of it. Um, yeah, I think uh, just kind of what you were saying for me, like, lately service has just been like the really little things. Just washing the dishes at home something that makes me feel useful um, and I know it's helping other people around me and then, and then Josh doesn't yell at me as much that's probably good, you look like a big yeller <laughs> very cool very cool anyone else? mine was a simple uh, I was talking to my mom and Amanda and said that I was taking about 15 minutes before work to read a chapter a day. And every single day, I was able to pull something out of that chapter with one of my patients and help uplift them or help encourage them because they're all cancer patients. Mm-hmm. It was really cool that every single day out of each one of those chapters, it was applicable to what I was talking to those patients with. Very cool. <clears throat> Anyone else? Okay, well, I'm going to speak to the silence here. I'm going to speak to the silence. Now, some of you may just be nervous and raise your hand and, and actually vocalizing the opportunity that you had and seized upon. But my assumption is with the silence, don't take this as a, as a statement of uselessness or, or anything derogatory, but from the silence that you probably haven't taken advantage of many opportunities. Now, one of the key things in taking advantage of those opportunities is that you have to be 
purposeful about it. You have to be intentional about it. You have to be you have to be like looking for that chance. Now this morning, the question that I had you ask was an opening for that chance. That question. What was the question I had you ask? What are you stressed about? What are you stressed about? You ask that question, and what you're doing is you're prompting an opportunity. You're prompting an opportunity. You're prompting an opportunity to pray for someone, to encourage someone, to maybe serve someone. God may have given you some, some gifts and talents that, that would allow you to be in a position of like, hey, I can, I can, I can probably do something about that. You know, it, the, what are you stressed about might be, you know, my oil is leaking and I can't afford to replace, I can't afford to get the, the filter change or whatever. And, and, you know, the person that, that asks, like, well, you know, I do that. Or I know that somebody that does that. And it puts you in a position of actually seeing the work that God has prepared for you. I'm, I'm going to, uh, so this morning, I watched that play out here. I watched, I, watched, I watched a response. I watched somebody take advantage of the opportunity to respond to the call that was, was happening. I watched you. I, yeah, the guy that's moving. I, 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 have you been here before? No. No. First time. Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I'm Tim. So uh, I'm calling out Kevin first. So in church planning class, what they tell you not to do is call out visitors. <laughs> don't call visitors. You know, there was always the, you know, don't don't start off your service with, who's visitors here? Stand up. And it's like, oh, there's the light shining on me. I don't want anybody seeing me. Um, I watched Kevin. And what was your name back there? Never. Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking to. <laughs> I have no clue what the conversation was. I have no clue what the conversation is. I don't even want to know what the conversation is. Um, I'm just going to make an assumption that you asked him a question, and you respond. You gave him the answer, and he responded to that question, didn't he? Yeah. How'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about it? Awesome. How long did it take you? Two minutes, three minutes. Did you even get through the song? You didn't even have to wait for the song to finish to be done with it, right? Yeah, it was quick. It was quick. And. And you got to participate. You both got to participate in God's pleasure. And and I, that's my example for something that you can do right here, right now, every Sunday. That if you're that if you're struggling, you know, if if, if what you see as as good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do is to go on a missionary trip, scale it back big time. Let's take some baby steps here. A little step here, a little step there. I've got a friend. Um, hopefully he's not listening to this sermon. I've known him for eight years, and from the first day I met him, he has wanted to be a long, a full-time missionary somewhere overseas. I've known him for eight years. Eight years, and he keeps on talking about it. But he doesn't really do a whole lot to get there. He's not doing the, the, the prep, not just the prep as to what it takes to be a missionary, but he's not... He's not doing the, the baby steps of, of obedience and of service and of love and encouragement to, to even get him anywhere close. And so it's always just so far away. And if we, gra- if we try to grasp on what's so far away, we will do absolutely nothing to get there. But the opportunities that you take advantage of here to pray for someone, to encourage someone, are, are massive. 
if, if you're struggling with, with understanding the different things that, that you could possibly do, if you go to scripture, and you can see I had my coffee on this morning. These are the one another's in scripture. This is a listing of, of all the one another's in scripture. I'm going to read them all through slowly, okay? I just need to kill some time. It's like, yeah, there we go. I'll just read a whole bunch of scripture with no context. Okay. I'm going to read some of these. I'm going to read some of these because these these are God's strategy for how it is that that we move. This is the the works that he's got planned for us. If then, I'm I'm not going to read you the the verse references, I'm just going to plow through them so that you get a a good overview. If then the Lord and the teacher wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. This I command you, that you love one another. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of another. Bear one another's burdens and thereby, thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Live in peace with one another. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. None of those were really freakish, were they? Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, bear each other's burdens, lift lift one another up. These These are all the strategy that God has in place for us to see his works play out as he has made us his masterpiece to do this. We're not his masterpiece because we do this. We're his masterpiece designed to do this. And these are the strategies. The tactics are something different. The tactics is how it plays out in our life. Kevin used a tactic to pray for another. He used it right here. He took advantage of the opportunity, and that's what his tactic was. Praying for one another, I use my tactic is calling somebody. Once a day, I call someone. There are a variety of tactics that you can take advantage of. Encouraging one another. Who here needs encouragement? I don't believe most of you. (laughs) I need encouragement. I'm desperate for it. I'm desperate for it. Life is hard. I have four kids, five months, 21 months, nine months, uh, nine years, 11 years, and my wife is going out of time, out of town for this next week. I need encouragement. <laughs> yeah, my wife's got the encouragement. I want to tell Who needs prayer? Who would love to have somebody walk alongside them carrying their burdens? Who needs somebody just to to listen to? Have someone listen to them? It is across the board. It is across the board. We are are all in need of it. And if you think you're not in need of it, you're in need of more. 
we are, we are desperate for it. Our lives are so full and so challenging that we need God to smack us upside the head sometimes and say, hey, come down and look what I have for you. Look what I have for you. This is what I've made you. This is how I see you. Look at the opportunities that I have given you. Take advantage of those opportunities. You are my masterpiece. And not only are you my masterpiece, but look at the people around you. They are too. It's so easy to, to just trash other people. And you don't have to like, you know, be aggressively trashing, but you just like kind of set them aside because you know you're really obnoxious and I just don't want anything to do with you. you know, I love you, my Christian brother. But, but we've, we've got this opportunity to, to love them, to encourage them. They are God's masterpiece as well. How is it that we can take advantage of those opportunities? He wants to use you. He has made you useful. He has made you useful. He has not made you useless. And he wants you. He wants to use you in a way that you don't have the response of, "Oh, that just feels icky." Or, "Wow, he's really taking advantage of me." Enjoy the opportunities to participate in his will and enjoy his pleasure. Now, this next week, that is your challenge. We have to be purposeful, think purposely thinking about those opportunities. The reason that there was silence is because we don't we don't think of those opportunities. And I would love, I would, you know, Simple Church loves testimonies. We love the stories, right? We love the big stories. We love the big stories. I love hearing those, those small opportunities of, of cleaning dishes because of. I love the stories of praying for something because. They're, they're here, they're all around us, and I would love to hear it. But we have to be purposefully intentional to do Don't come, don't come next week and it's like, oh yeah, well, they do is good. I can just like kind of fit that one in. But, but show up, like this is this is the interaction. I went into a conversation with this person purposely praying for what it is that God would have me do, how he would have me respond, and this is how I responded. And this was the outcome. I would love to hear those stories. And I promise I won't call you out like I did Unless you wanted to. But, but, but share those stories. Take advantage to find them and then share them. And see what God's got planned for you. That those baby steps might, might find you in another country. I just don't know. But you're his masterpiece. He's created you in Christ Jesus to do amazing things. I'm going to pray us out and uh, and let's see what God's got in store for us this week don't just come here and think oh that was a really good sermon look at these verses and walk away if you don't do anything purposefully this week do one thing just one you already do it in one, then you two. Carefully, purposely seek out what it is that God Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for I thank you for this gathering of, of people. I thank you for 
not just the work you've done on our lives, but that you're doing in our lives and ultimately through our lives. Father, I lift us all up. I pray that, that if we have any pride in our usefulness, you just take it away. If, if we have any depression in our uselessness, you just take that away. But you make it clear to us who we are to you, who you have made us be. And grasp on the concept that, that you want to use us. You made us to be used. on to the concept that we are your handiwork. We are your masterpiece. That we have received this um, from you as a gift of grace and grace alone. And that we can rest in that. We can alone. That we can give you glory and praise for that. And Father, if there are people sitting in this room that have absolutely no clue what that is. If they're sitting there thinking, yeah, I don't know Jesus. I'm not a masterpiece. Father, I pray that you just uh, instill in their heart, their mind, their spirit the, the desire to discover who it is you are. That they respond to you because they discover who you are, who Jesus is, what he's done for us. And that they too will one day be a masterpiece. Father, I pray you give us boldness and confidence and, and maybe even a, a, a sense of riskiness involved in other this world. Okay, I'm sure how it is that you can use this. Uh, we lift you up and praise you and thank you. What happened last service was I had no clue I was supposed to do the closing. It was a nice, cool, fun fiasco. It was a bit silly, and I'm just being out front about it. I'm doing the closing. Um, we are about to take our offering. If you've got your connection card, go ahead and drop that in the bucket. If you're a visitor, please don't feel compelled to put anything in the bucket.